Welcome to the Speaking Light into Abortion podcast, where I talk about all the reasons it's possible for you to thrive after your abortion. I'm your host, Amanda Kingsley, and two years after my own abortion, I certified as a life coach so I could serve women after abortion in all the ways they've been deserving and lacking for centuries. Consider this your launchpad for finding strength and community in yourselves and in each other. All right, podcasting. So excited. I just had like a little five minute chat and I'm already so super pumped for this conversation. It's A, both really important and going to be really fun. So um, today's guest is Victoria Albina. Unless I said it wrong and it's not. You you got it. You got it. The way I actually like to run this is that you introduce yourself because I feel like whatever you want to say today to this audience in this moment is is what they need to hear. So why don't you tell people who you are and then we'll jump into the juicy stuff. Delightful. Thank you. Thank you. So my name is Maria Victoria Albina. I use she, her pronouns. I live on occupied Muncie Lenape territory in the Hudson Valley of the great New York state, though I hail from Rhode Island, greatest state in the union right near where Amanda lives. Uh, I am a functional medicine nurse practitioner by training, uh, and I am a master certified somatic life coach with training in sensory motor psychotherapy as a coach and somatic experiencing. I am the host of the free feminist wellness podcast that comes out each and every week and is for humans of all genders. And my passion is helping humans socialize as women to overcome from codependency, perfectionism, and people pleasing so they can live lives they love. And now you know why she's here. And now. Because all those things (laughs) are relevant to our conversation. And Um, I was also a birth doula while working at an abortion clinic. Because pro-choice means pro-choice. Yes. Right? So I was like attending births on nights and weekends and at the abortion clinic all week. I have a long birth history or birth doula history. I don't miss those on-call days, I Ooh, will say. Whirl. I do not. Not <laughs> cute. I got to the I, point where the migraines were just like, this is not good for me. Yeah. This is my, I just, my body can't do this. Yeah. 3 a.m. is not my time. Yeah. Yeah. My time. Yep. What are you going to do? All right. Yeah. Where do you want to start? Um, the beginning works. Obviously, code all of these pieces that are very very much a part of your work codependency codependency people pleasing and perfectionism all come into this conversation around making the decision moving through the experience and healing whatever that means right processing exploring the after right um I feel most curious about the codependency piece right now and like starting there yeah, because um, I I mostly talk to people after their experience. Right. I do right. work with people making the decision, t- only a very tiny bit moving through it, and then mostly after. And I find that those of us who struggle the most have made our decisions from a very codependent place. It's really hard to feel empowered afterwards when you made the decision from a place that was not standing in your own power, um, was not claiming your own 
agency and authority. So tell me um, how you see codependency playing into the abortion conversation. Yeah. So I'd love to start by giving my definition of codependent thinking. So I don't talk about codependent people or people with codependency. Uh, I don't think it's a label that supports us and Mm. helps us to move forward. I think it keeps us feeling trapped and I dare say permafucked. Mm. right? Like there's something inherently wrong with me because of the way I grew up. And this is just what is. And I'm stuck in these with this defective character for the rest of my life. I am a codependent. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm not here for it. As a nervous system nerd, what I understand is that the behaviors we express as adults, the ways we think, the ways we feel, our somatic embodiment or disembodiment is all largely secondary to our childhood coping and survival skills. Mm-hmm. So you learned a skill, right? Yeah. Like I'm from Argentina. Yeah. I grew up speaking Spanish. That was the skill I had. I learned English. I speak it pretty well, I must say. Yeah. Right? Like I learned a new skill. It's not yeah. like you are a Spanish speaker. You're done. Yeah. That's never shall you learn another language. So yeah. I don't believe in codependent people. And so I define. Okay, can uh, I pause for a second? Yeah, pause, pause, pause. So what I hear is yeah. codependency yeah. is an action, a behavior, um, a worldview. I, I was really. gonna a worldview, not a label or an identity. It's not a disease, in my opinion. Oh, not a label, identity, or a disease. Yeah. Good. It's good. Not. Okay. Coping perfect. skills. Just skills upon skills upon skills, and when mm-hmm. we see it that way, we can celebrate. Oh my God, little tiny me, the little child me, the teenage me, me in my 20s. What a friggin' genius she was for developing this way of moving through life. Yeah. Wow. I am so impressed with her. Yeah. Versus the old way of thinking of it, which is so blamey, so shamey, and leaves us no real out. Yeah. So let's find. So can you give an example? So what a genius she was for developing this skill to survive, to thrive, to function. Give us an example where you might use codependency in this way. Yeah. Well, so I'll start by defining our terms, right? Okay. So I define codependent thinking and I I put that together with perfectionism and people-pleasing and call that constellation of experiences emotional outsourcing. And so- Emotional outsourcing is when we source our sense of safety, worth, and validation from Mm. everyone and everything in the world instead of from within. Yes. Right? We are somatically self-disconnected. We are not present in our bodies, in our agency, in our capacity, in our nervous system. We are detached from self and focused outward. Mm -hmm. So if you grew up in a home where you're not attuned to, right? Meaning your nervous system isn't getting the co-regulation it needs from your Mm grownups, meaning you fall off your bike and either you hear, oh, you're fine, get up, or, oh my God, are you okay? Panic, right? Either extreme versus, hey, kiddo, how you doing? You had a big fall? Yeah. Do you need support? Like my nervous system is here with you. I'm not shut down. I'm not panicked, right? I'm not in sympathetic activation, or dorsal shutdown in the nervous system, I'm present. And so if that is not the norm, right? If what we get most of the time is not that, what's called ventral vagal, the safe and social co-regulating part of the nervous system. Okay. 
then we learn that the world is not safe. Our emotions are not safe and we best shut them down. Okay. Right. We best. No question. Yes. I need to slow you down. Yeah. <laughs> just I just love the- talking about this. I nerd so hard, so fast. Oh God. I love it so much. So much. So in that moment, mm-hmm. our kid falls yep. instead of you're fine. Let's keep going. Or oh my gosh, are you okay? We can go home now. The action of checking in, yep, asking the question, like, yes. is that co-regulation? Like what yeah. is? Co-regulation is when your nervous system, right? So we can co-regulate other nervous systems towards ventral vagal, the safe and social part of the nervous system. We okay. can make other people anxious and we can make other people shut down, right? With our nervous systems. We've all felt this. You're around yeah. anxious people and you get a little like, wait, what's going on? Right? Okay. You're in a crowded concert hall and everyone starts turning around and looking at the fire escape. You're, your nervous system is going to go to there too. Yeah. Right. So our nervous systems are constantly impacting the nervous systems of those around us because towards safety, right? Like yeah. if there's a fire in the theater, let me know. Right? Yeah. Either with your words or with your nervous system. Okay. And so co-regulating is when we help others to calm down. Yeah. So in our work as doulas, either birth doulas mm-hmm. or abortion doulas, I was also a death doula. That's our work. Yeah. So in the- those examples of parenting, the yeah, you know, the two extremes you give. Yeah. That's setting up a uh uh <laughs> it is inviting codependency as a skill that you start learning like my parent is teaching me how I feel which is a either I I should feel fine and keep going or I should feel awful and cry (laughs) right right yeah and so it's it's telling our nervous system what the safest best way to survive the moment is yeah and our nervous systems get it's, their initial setting ages zero yeah. to seven, which so is why I went to the setting little setting us kid. up for this pattern of codependent right. behavior. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and just to be clear, just because like parents have it hard enough, right? There's research that oh, shows- Oh gosh, that, yeah, no. Right? There's <laughs> the, the good enough parenting research that shows us that you, you need to attune to your kid around 30% of the time. Yes. Right. And it's really less than that. That's, that's problematic. So if you're like, Oh my God, I told my kid, you're fine. The once you're, you're fine. Yeah, (laughs) totally. I remember learning. I think I learned it from Dr. Becky. Good inside. Yeah. Yeah. With that 70, 30 and that, right. Like, Oh, phew. That's good. I like that. What a relief. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Sorry. I keep interrupting, but it's great. It's great. Like the, the terms are fascinating to me. Um, so I know that some listener is like, wait, what's happening here? <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, I don't even remember now where I interrupted you, um, but we're just really understanding this emotional outsourcing. Right. Um, and when and how we start developing this skill of codependency. Yeah. So we have these magical neurons in our brains called mirror neurons. Okay. And mirror neurons are the monkey see, monkey do part of the human psyche. And so okay. we we are like little chimps and we do what our grownups do. Yeah. So we can learn to outsource our feelings from the world yeah. um, by watching our parents do it. 
yeah. right? By It can be a part of our family blueprint, mm-hmm. right? What we learn uh, is the smartest way in childhood. Um, mm. When you remember that humans are seeking two things and two things only, significance and connection, significance and connection towards the end goal of safety. We can understand why the psyche would take in this information, Yeah, right? This is how my caregiver one, caregiver two, caregiver three, whatever, how they relate to each other, relate to the world, relate to me. I should do that because that will make me laudable, significant, important, a good girl, a good boy in their eyes. And then when the lions come, they will save me. They will protect me. They'll put me on their hip and run up the mountain with me or hide me in the cave. Yep. So too with belonging, it's towards the same goal of safety and survival. Yeah. And so if being the perfect good girl is how you learned you'd get love, you're going to do that, right? In every area of your life, from your work to how how you partner, how you friend, how you clean the kitchen, how you make your abortion decision. Yes. So too with people pleasing, right? Yeah. If I keep the people, so this brings in fawning, which is the fourth F in the nervous system. Mm-hmm. Fawning is, well, it is a, it's a learned state and it's a mix of sympathetic, which is adrenaline, which is anxious mm-hmm. um, and dorsal shutdown. It's a, it's a combined state. So our nervous system's all jacked up. I need to do this right. I need to appease this person. I need to take care of them. But I'm so shut down to myself inside. And wow. Yeah. Wow. Right? Isn't that powerful? Okay, say that again. It's a combined yes. state of yeah. anxious, like anxiety, like the anxiousness. And then what? Dorsal. Dorsal. Freeze. That was the word. Dorsal <laughs> There's a science freeze. word here. There's a science <laughs> word. That shutdown state in the nervous system. Yeah. And Listeners, you may be hearing an elderly chihuahua lose his mind in the background. If you're hearing that, that's what's happening. My dog keeps coming in and out and she's very loud too. So yeah, Ziggy star dog is losing his mind. Do you you need to go tend or are you good? Nah, just a thing. He's just going to be him. And we love him for him. He's in sympathetic activation, probably because like a squirrel exists. (laughs) Let's be real. So squirrel in the city. Squirrel. Um, okay. What I have, I have back questions about mirror neurons, but okay. Humans are seeking significance and connection. And then we let, then somehow we got to fawning. Tough. Um, yeah, well, we got to fawning because it's really important, particularly in the abortion conversation, because it's this, yes, learned behavior, conditioned behavior, but also activates our nervous system to want to please others more than ourselves for their opinions to be more important than ours, right? So back to our example of the little kid falling off their bike, they come to understand super duper quickly because kids is amazing that um, keeping their parent happy, making their parent feel safe, making their parent feel okay is way more important than whatever their feelings are. Yeah. Yeah. And... Is that a place where kids mirror, like, if my, you know, my parent thinks I should get up and be fine, right? then to stay in this tribe, to stay in this love, I get up and be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, I did have a question about the mirror neurons and the family blueprint, because it made me wonder what 
blueprint do we come in with? This is sort of that conversation around like genetic, um, like genetic patterning around trauma and around like generational experience and culture and like all those things. What do we come in with as a family blueprint? We don't come out, we don't come in blank, Right. right? Right. And I think that's, you know, in part the great unknown and part the great, you know, we used to talk about nature versus nurture, and now we talk about epigenetics. Yeah. Right. So we all have uh, a genotype, uh, a genome, and then we have a phenotype, which is the expression of that genome. And then we have epigenetics, which is the ways that stress, distress, and trauma change our genes. And those changed genes are then passed on. So it is a nascent area of, of science and it's something we're still really yeah. figuring out, but um, whether it's genetics, whether it's, you know, the, the biology of adenine, cytosine, tyrosine, guanine, right. If it's the, the genetics of what's in your actual chromosomes, or if it's a little witchier than that, yeah, right? Like if it's like an energetic blueprint, right. um, if it's, you know, soul contracts. You read my mind. Oh, All those girl. were my questions. All those words. <laughs> yeah. I think that's for each of us to sort of explore and figure out for ourselves. I've done a yeah. lot of work around the soul contracts. I believe I came in with and yeah. liberating myself from those stories um, that were alive within me subconsciously since birth has mm-hmm. been <clears throat> incredibly helpful. And I know I was only able to do that work because I had done the nervous system work and the somatic work where soma means the body and somatics are uh, any modality <laughs> that brings us back into connection with ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So coming back to the abortion conversation, yeah. um, when we're making our decisions or even it even happens after when we're healing from our decisions, mm-hmm. right? Like I should just not talk about how I feel, bottle it up, move on, um, not be honest with the people I love. Um, when we're people pleasing others more than ourselves, we're in this place of fawning. This is this. So um, talk to us more about the situation because most of my listeners find us after they've made their decision and they're that it's not something they can like go back and change. Right. When one might realize that they've made this decision and other decisions in their lives from this place, what do we do? How do we, how, how do we sort of not, not backtrack, but like, kind of like, how do we move forward? Right. When we recognize that. It's when we bring in the three C's, compassion, curiosity, and care. And this is one of the central tenets of my teaching and my work, right? Because the past is past. And we all made our decisions from the best capacity we had in our nervous systems to make those decisions in that moment, right? And it's unchangeable Mm -hmm. as as far as I know. I mean, maybe in the multiverse it is, but, um, (laughs) you know, in this temporal reality, it's not possible for most humans to change the past. I'm just leaving a little space there for witchcraft, but... um, (laughs) Right. So what's so helpful for me is to remember that regret is optional. 
Yeah. It's not mandated. Yeah. It's you have no obligation to feel regret. It doesn't serve anyone. And I would go a step beyond, and I mean this in a very empowering way, because it's it's gonna sound the opposite. So hold hold tight. I'm ready. Regret is self-abandonment. Right? Because what you're saying, you're disavowing the you you were when you made that decision. Mm. Damn. Right? You're saying that person effed up. Mm-hmm. That person who is me makes yeah. bad decisions. So you're saying yeah. I make bad decisions. And listen, if you want to go there, if you want to believe that, rock it out. You do you, Buttercup. Like, cool, cool, cool. But me, I'm no longer available to be my own bully. Yeah. I- I'm okay. not available. Okay. I have Okay. I <laughs> love is, your questions. This is yeah. a big topic because um, I do believe that um, people can have regrets and move forward and thrive. Totally. Or they cannot have regret and move forward and thrive. And I, guess what I 100% I mean agree yeah. with you. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. totally yeah. agree with yeah. you. That it is self-abandonment and that mm. you are making the statement that that person fucked up. Not just that they fucked up, but that they fucked up and it's not okay in some way. I think that's, or maybe, and it's not okay is where we get into judgment about the regret. Yeah. From a psychological standpoint, why might choosing regret, which sounds so weird, like choosing self-abandonment, be useful to us? Well, because it validates our story, right? It validates yes. the story that we're a chronic fuck up, that there's something wrong with us, that we're broken. And yeah. and here's the hardest pill to swallow. Yes. It keeps us from growing when growing is uncomfortable. And when we don't have the capacity in our nervous systems to deeply have our own back in the face of a painful belief. And so it, it in its own sort of weird way, it, it feels easier to continue yeah. to suffer yeah. the way you always have because it hasn't killed you yet, right? And so that's the thing in the, in the nervous system, right? Humans, there's three biological imperatives for humans to seek pleasure, avoid, pla- cha- uh, avoid pain mm-hmm. and um, preservation of resources, right? So mm-hmm. that's the science yeah. for my nerds. And yeah. what that means on uh, for us uh, is we don't like change. Yeah. We don't like yeah. anything that's new mm-hmm. um, because we don't yet know if that thing can murder us. So yeah. picture yourself back on the evolutionary savanna. Uh, you know that the big cat has murder teeth, right? Yeah. yeah. So you just decide all cats are bad and dangerous hmm. until they domesticated themselves. But you know which berries will kill you and yeah. which are less likely to. So if you find a new berry, you're going to be really cautious in eating it, yeah. right? So someone says you have the opportunity to use tools like thought work, which I teach my clients to change your thinking, to change your mindset. Mm-hmm. So you no la- longer have to tell the regret story of I made a bad choice. I self-abandoned, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You yeah. no longer yeah. have to believe that you make bad decisions. Yeah. And so there's a way it lets you off the hook for the future. Yeah. Right. Which, like you said, you're you're really helping me understand this in in an 
way that I'm very much appreciating because I talk about this all the time and there's still a few little pieces of it that I hadn't put together. And I think you're helping me do that. Good. It, it does. It validates our story. It keeps us from growing when growing is uncomfortable, which feels like it's keeping us safe because uncomfortable right. feels unsafe. Correct. But it, so it feels like if I keep choosing that story, I don't have to grow and I stay safe. So we're coming back to like your compassion, right? Mm. You can have compassion for that. Yeah. Well, and and also if we remember that the limbic system, our um, our hind brain, the evolutionarily oldest part of the brain, also referred mm-hmm. to as a reptile brain or mm-hmm. lizard brain, that it, it that's binary coding, right? It's yes or no, black or white, right? It's murder bot or not murder bot, right? <laughs> no black and white thinking in the abortion conversation (laughs) definitely not (laughs) not. get out of here what are you talking about you're wild wild but yeah so the limbic system the limbic brain can get triggered and can get activated and can become the predominant voice in conversations and so it says no yeah because no is safer than yeah but maybe we'll die yeah oh god yeah Oh, I love the two words right now. Mm. And I love them because we can choose something like, I regret my abortions, abortion, abortions right now. Right. And it opens this door to like, that is my truth right now. Sure. And it may change in the future when I am ready for a different story. I love that. I love that because there's so much space for growth. There's so much space for uh, evolution. I mean, it, it brings to mind one of my favorite sayings ever, which is you can't kiss the same girl twice. I, well, why have I never heard this saying? I don't know. You need to hang out with more Spaniards. It's a, it's a Spaniard saying my abuela used to say. It's so good. It's amazing. It's so good. That's so good. Okay. Yeah. I'm probably going to hear that saying like 10 times this week, just because now it's popped into my brain right yeah um okay okay where have we landed and where are we going (laughs) next so far we've just had like an interesting conversation a fun conversation maybe go back to where this place of uh, compassion curiosity and care Mm. Um, because I do love people to be able to go away, not just with interesting things to ponder and think about and research more, but tools that they can use. So, um, let's talk about these tools and how you offer them to people as a way to, to soothe and, and grow. Yeah. Um, so, um, It really, so how do I offer these tools? Well, there's so many angles to come in through and that's part of the beauty of it, right? So for folks who are, for whom working with their thoughts is a lot easier, you can start to look at your chronic and habitual thoughts. Mm -hmm. Understanding that your nervous system is the part of you that decides what thoughts are available to you, Mm -hmm. which is really fascinating. That's interesting because I think of the nervous system as more like firing at its 
whim then <laughs> as the part that decides like the way you said that I'm like mm. oh interesting my nervous yeah. system is the part that decides like that mm-hmm. really stuck out to me as like yeah I think I haven't heard it that way <laughs> yeah I mean probably not right um okay. yeah it's really powerful to remember that there is this absolutely self-loving for uh, force within you, this part of you that loves you so infinitely and wants your protection, wants your survival, wants everything to be really nice for you. And so it's going to decide what you're allowed to think in this moment based on neuroception, based on the input it's picking up from the environment and the meaning making that it is applying to that, to those inputs, right? So it's so brain... helpful though, because it oh good. It's helping like kind of put together the pieces between thought work and right. somatic work, right? right? It's like <laughs> like here's yeah. where they interplay is like yep. if you're trying to change a thought and your nervous system is like, no, this is not safe. We cannot do this, mm-hmm. you're not gonna get anywhere. It's it's never gonna <laughs> you change. You have yeah. to recognize my nervous yeah. system is is who's allowing me to either adapt to this new thought that I can conjure up in my mind or not. It's like, no, we're not doing that. That's not safe. I love that. Yeah. 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 And so then when, and that again brings in that compassion because we get to recognize. So one of the places where we can get stuck with, with thought work is when the new thought not only doesn't stick, but when it doesn't even feel plausible, believable, right? And that's, again, because your nervous system is like, no, ma'am. Yeah. Nope. Nope. I will not give you access to believing that thought because I'm sorry. Do you not see the lions all around this house? Exactly. There is a lion frigging everywhere and it it is primed to murderate the fuck out of you. So back it up with, I can love myself. No, you cannot, girl. No. Yeah. So we get to work with the nervous system first. So that looks like mapping the nervous system, coming mm-hmm. to understand your individual nervous system, mm. right? In, in the trauma mm-hmm. world, we always say trauma is not what happened. It's how you experienced it, yeah. right? How you rea- related to it, responded to it, reacted to it. Yeah. And, and the same circumstance in two different bodies create wildly different nervous system level uh, a mapping. Yeah. And so the work is really to start to understand what's going on for you and your body in different moments. Mm-hmm. Right. So not just what thoughts are available, but what does it feel like to be you in your body? Mm-hmm. What are your signs of sympathetic, which is the activation, fight or flight, uh, adrenaline, cortisol, freak out yeah. part of the nervous system? What is a dorsal, the shutdown? the checked out look like in you? Or are you living in this mixed state, either fawning or uh, in something I call somatic self-disconnection or functional freeze, which is how I lived most of my life until the last decade plus when I started doing this work, which was I was frozen deeply to my own feelings, my own emotions, but I was super highly, incredibly functional in the world. Mm-hmm. right? I have m- multiple degrees, a bajillion certifications. I have owned homes. I've been married. I've done the things, but I did it all from this disconnection, somatic disconnection with myself. Yeah. Right. And so 
what that takes in particular, and I'm going to stay with that for a second because that's the predominant state I see in folks living with emotional outsourcing, uh, codependent, perfectionist, and people-pleasing habits, is that we're so outwardly focused, we don't remember who we are, yeah. what we want, what we like, what we need, what our preferences mm-hmm. are. Mm-hmm. Right? And so we continue to live life with that outward, like a spotlight from our head focused on everyone else and never on us. Yeah. And so what that requires for its healing is starting to thaw out that freeze within us mm-hmm. and to come into greater connection with self. Yeah. With presence, with intentionality, so that you can start to say, I don't want to watch that movie tonight. Yeah. No, I want Thai instead of pizza. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. on and on, but it really is the quotidian bullshit. Right. It's the little everyday. What do you want where we get stuck? And yeah. so you magnify that, you know, I don't know, times a bajillion when you're making an abortion decision. Yeah. Oof. You have no yeah. idea. Yeah. I think there's some people who completely ignore or have no access to what they want when they make their decision. Yes. And then I think there's a lot of people who know exactly what they want. Mm. They make the decision based on what they want. Mm-hmm. And then because the feelings are so uncomfortable, mm-hmm. they start questioning what they wanted mm-hmm. and they lose trust in themselves. Mm-hmm. So yeah. like this want piece, this desire piece is one of the most central themes I come back to with people when they're wow. when they're processing because when they're just looking at it and exploring it and tossing it around, like it, it, it is just one of the things we come back to over and over again is I, mm-hmm. A, I never knew what I wanted and have no right. connection to it. Now I'm seeing that right. or B, like I thought I knew and now I don't trust myself anymore. Yep. Um, and then the healing piece is very much a process of reconnecting with what you want every step forward. Yeah. 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 And then validating yourself. Yeah. To come to believe slowly, but surely that it's okay. Mm -hmm. It's okay for you to have an opinion. Like there's Mm -hmm. nothing wrong with that. And I think what's important. So, so again, you know, we were talking before about survival skills right? And recognizing the genius and the brilliance of our little selves. Yeah. So most of us, and and speaking here to other human socialized as women, we're taught to be good girls, to be polite, to not mm-hmm. hurt anybody's feelings, which used to mean choking down our own emotions, hiding our own emotions. Yeah. So what if we take that same skill of being gentle, diplomatic, loving, kind, compassionate with others, and use it towards the collective good. Yeah. And trust ourselves that we're going to come correct. Yeah. Right? So when we have a boundary to set, we don't scream it. We don't say it real mean. Trusting ourselves to to be delicate and diplomatic, to be gentle, to be loving. Yeah. Right? Because that's one of the big things I hear. I don't want to be mean. I don't want to hurt people's feelings. Then don't. Yeah, but also what we hear is, I don't want to be mean. I don't want to hurt people's feelings, but I'm willing to do that to myself. That's exactly to be mean where to I was going to go. And hurt exactly where I was going. Hurt my own yeah, mind. stop yeah. self-abandoning yeah. and hurting yeah. yourself. Trust yourself that you will be kind yeah. and that that's all we can do in this life. 
Yeah. Right. Is, is be our kindest, most loving, gentlest self, firm, directive, right. And, and allow other humans to manage their own minds, regulate their own nervous systems, to relate to what we're saying and sharing and needing and wanting the way they're able to. Mm -hmm. And if that means that someone gets hurt because you said, no, I'm not available for that, or no, I don't want an abortion. Yes, I do want an abortion. There comes a point where we just have to say, I have shown up in the most loving, kind, caring ways, and I need to take care of me. Yeah. And that's my, that's, it is each of our birthright to do that. And also it's resentment prevention. Right. It really clean, is. Yeah. Clean, clear boundaries are deep resentment prevention. Yeah. 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 Can you offer just a few words here um, as we finish up uh, about for those of us who experience abortions in any way that's traumatic, which is most people listening because they're not here unless, you know, it right. stirred yeah. up some kind of sure. some lay, some level of trauma. Yeah. Um, could you just share a few words about the the value in in looking at that and like um, working through it with somebody and the gifts that can come out on the other side of working through? Sorry, the audio yeah, cut of, out for just a second. Uh, sorry. Oh, sorry. <laughs> the value of actually acknowledging that trauma, the your experience of that, and. And, and doing, you know, the work, whatever that means, sure. <laughs> the value of that on the other side and the gifts that come out when you do start looking at all of this. Trauma is not what happened. It's how your nervous system responded. And it's whether you were able to release the energy that was created in your body in reaction to life or mm-hmm. not. So going back into our fawn conversation and the little kid fell off their bike, hush it, you're fine. Oh my God, panic. In yeah. either situation, that sympathetic activation, that adrenaline, that revved up, that stays in your body. Yeah. And it will stay there forevermore. Not literally, adrenaline comes out of your system in like 60 seconds. But the energy, that revved upness, when we say the issues are in the tissues in the nervous system world, this is what we need. Yeah. It stays in your posture. It stays in your soma, in your body, mm-hmm. right? Until you can find a way to safely release it. Mm-hmm. And so the way to make something potentially traumatic, not as potentially traumatic, is to meet it with love. To look it in the eye and say, I'm here. I'm here with you. I'm here for you. You're not alone in this moment. You're not the only one right? You are held. You are cared for. Mm. You can be safe. Mm -hmm. It is possible in this moment. And that supports the body in releasing that adrenaline. Yeah. And the release is the gift. Absolutely. (laughs) It's like, yeah, you don't have to have some magical thing that likes like, well, this was my abortion experience and da, 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 but here's the gift right. on the other side. It's like the release oh, no. is the gift. Right. The release is the gift. The release yeah. is the gift. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that was one of the, the things that always 
postpartum or in the recovery room at the abortion clinic. I would pause, drop down, get at someone's eye level and look them in the eye and say, hi, I'm here if you need me. Yeah. You're safe. You're safe. <laughs> Not you're okay, because I don't fucking know that. But in this one moment, this present moment, you're yeah. safe. Right. And that's what we need. And if we didn't get it in the recovery room, because I don't think most people do. Yeah. We can get it post facto. And that's why working yeah. with coaches like us, mm -hmm. doing things like somatic experiencing, the work I do with my clients, what it helps us to do is complete the stress activation cycle in the nervous system. And I have a yeah. whole episode about this if yeah. folks want to listen to it. Because that cycle, I mean, it, it needs to come to its full completion if we're ever to make bodily peace with it. Mm -hmm. And like we talked about, we can't shift our mindset if the soma, if the body is not in agreement. Yeah. It's very challenging. Kind of and just not so how much works. of how I hear you're safe in that moment you're describing mm. is you're seen. I see Ooh, you. I yeah. see you. Yeah. I see you having this experience. I don't know what it is because I'm not you. Yeah. But I'm witnessing this experience you're having. Yeah. And that just the power of that moment, it's, and like you said, unfortunately, most people are not getting that moment in their abortion yeah. care. Yeah. Um, but we can note it and we can go back and see. We can go back and see that that moment from this this place we're at. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, we could talk forever, but <laughs> do you have any last parting words that somebody you are feeling niggly about someone needs to hear, da, 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 or mm. just tell us where to find more of you? Yeah, I guess the, I will always add love is the answer, regardless of the question. Or irregardless, as we say in Massachusetts and the great state of Rhode Island, irregardless, <laughs> love is a, is the answer. Yeah. So when in doubt, ask yourself, whether you're making the abortion decision, your post-abortion, what would the voice of love say to you right now? Yeah. What yeah. is the embodiment or the felt sensation of love? Yeah. And I want to invite you to spend just 30 seconds a day can be while you're brushing your teeth, while you're peeing, mm -hmm. while you're drinking your coffee, who cares? Connecting in with that felt sensation of love for you, from you, from the universe, whatever. Yeah. And let that be your guiding North Star and trust that you cannot go wrong when love guides you. Yeah. It's one not of my possible. favorite questions is what would love do? Oh. And another one that's popping to my mind as you're talking mm -hmm. is what does love want you to know? Oh, what does love want you to know? Yeah. Okay, where oh, do we I find more of you? <laughs> um, well, uh, I have a special treat just for your listeners. So if you Come head on, on over, I know. <laughs> you're special. So are your <laughs> listeners. Come on. If you go to victorialbina.com slash Amanda, <gasps> you can, oh, personalized and everything. This you is amazing. Oh, you're amazing. Uh, you can download a suite of meditations, nervous system orienting exercises, inner child exercises. Mm -hmm. They're for free because you matter and you're important and I love you. Uh, so go there. 
There you we go. feel so seen and loved. Yeah, yeah, so glad. Uh, for Yay. real. Thank you so but much. My pleasure. Just so, yeah. so much. My pleasure. You can also follow me on the gram. I give good gram at Victoria Albino Wellness. Uh, and my podcast is called Feminist Wellness. And you can find it in all the places you find your shows. Thank you so, so much. Mm-hmm. Such a pleasure. This was really a delight. And I have to say, thank you so much for the work you do. We need more voices like yours talking about abortion in a real way. Um, it is a human right uh, as a healthcare provider, as a nurse practitioner. I mean, oof, vital. So thank you. Vital. Thank you. you are so welcome. Thank you. Thanks for listening. And as always, please consider sharing rating and reviewing this podcast. It helps me reach a wider audience and invites more people to thrive after abortion. If you're someone who chose abortion and find yourself struggling, hiding, or wishing you could move beyond your experience, head over to my website and book a free call. We'll talk about how you can start living the life you made your choice for.